Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Mr. Nick McCormick. Nick, what's new with you this week? Oh, nothing too exciting. Just been working in the shop and hit a few tractor pulls. Good to see everybody again. It's been a while. And yeah, enjoying that so far. So yeah, as uh, the polling circuit, everything pretty well open, yeah. full swing. Yeah, no. it's pretty well open, full swing. Yeah, all the fairs I've been to were well attended. Um, That's everything's good. going good. If they don't shut it down here again soon. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm not going to say yay or nay on that deal. I mean, I'm about sick of it. I think everybody's about sick of it. So I don't know where we go from here, but. Um, they need to get their shit together, in my opinion. It looks yeah. like we're headed for another lockdown here in Illinois. Oh, yeah. It, we, got, we got a lockdown, Tony. That's the only way to solve this. Yeah. Lockdown. Yeah. You know, yeah. now we got local people who've had the vaccine getting COVID for, yeah. got the vaccine getting COVID for a second time. So, you know, that was real effective. Mm-hmm. So, working good. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. School starting up, what? Kids will be home next next week, and that's it. Then yeah. they go the following. Summer's over. Yep, it Summer's is. Summer's over. Yep. I don't know where it went, but. Yeah, it didn't take long. No, it didn't. It sure didn't. Nope. So, uh, I seen this week, did you see where John Deere bought Bear Flag Robotics? No. Yep. It's, uh, they announced, uh, John Deere announced, I don't know, yesterday, day before, that it was going to acquire Bear Flag Robotics, which is a Silicon Valley startup that makes fully autonomous tractors for farms for $250 million. So... It looks like the days of the farmer sitting in the seat of the tractor are coming to an end. I mean, like it or not, I don't like it, but... Well, I guess that way when the emissions shit goes bad and it quits and kicks an air code, there's nobody in the seat to be mad about. Well, I guess so, yeah, that's that's true, (laughs) yeah. But, you know, it's pretty interesting. They talk about these companies, you know, they use a lot... Because you always get the argument that, oh, you could never never have a tractor to field cultivator going through the field because if something wads up or breaks or whatever, but there's so many things to do with cameras now... And whatnot. I think you can monitor a lot of that stuff relatively easy myself, and I think it can be done. I mean, I mean, I think they'll pull it off. Just you know, it, it'll take a little time to get ramped up to where it's perfect or you know as good as it needs to be. But I mean, just look at all the sensors on a new car versus the vehicles we grew up with. Yeah. I mean, every time I go past a road sign in my wife's car, a light flashes at me. I'm like, yeah. easy there, killer. It's just a road sign. Yeah, exactly. You know, thanks for the notification. But right. but I, I got it. I saw it. It's, it's on right. the other side. You know, it's, it's in the ditch. It'll be okay. Yep. I'm not driving over there. But yep. So they'll have the same thing on that, and it'll it'll work out in the long run, I suppose. I'm not happy about it or excited about it, but whatever. I mean, it, it's getting to the point now where all we're doing is riding along anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the stuff's becoming so automated that, you're not really doing much. I mean, now, you know, our combine, you can sit in the office and watch on John Deere Operations Center. You know, I think it's it's not real time. It's like a 30-second delay, but you yeah. can watch it going through the field and the bushels, and you can actually change settings from the office. Really? You know, if you were sitting there and your son was running it and you're dumping grain at the bin, you go out and you're like, hey, you're cracking the piss out of it. You can go into your desk and you can yeah. change the settings in the combine and change it from right there so you know as every model comes out we're getting farther and farther from setting behind the steering wheel yeah and i've always said i don't think it's going to be one of them deals where they can't just come out and say hey this tractor has no cab you can't even get in it that won't have a welcome reception i think they got to get you bored enough in the cab that you're like what am i doing here <laughs> yeah it just doing something else yeah so you know i don't know this is probably 10 years off, I would say, from becoming very wide scale, you know. What burns me is they keep trying to automate the jobs I like doing. 
Nobody minds driving a tractor or combine. Automate the grain dumping into the bin. Right. Automate cleaning the bin out itself. Let's automate that shit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't mind sitting in the seat in a tractor or combine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Which I seen where Deer had bought, uh, what was it, Blue River Technology. That's been a few years ago, I think, was the name of it for like $305 million. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, some of these companies, too, you know, they buy shit like that to shut it down. Yeah. So they can have their own version you yeah. know, so I don't know eliminate, how far. Eliminate competition and whatnot. I, right. You know, the sad part is, you know, it's like $250 million. I don't know what this company actually has, you know, but it's like that's a pretty big number. But by today's standards, it's not that big a number. It wouldn't right. have been that many years ago, and that would have been a whole lot of money. Right. Now, it's sad. It's a sideline investment. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll dump some cash in this and right. see where it goes. You know? And I think we have to get to self-driving cars on the road first. Yeah. Because... Probably. At least then I can stay in my office and tell the tractor, hey, you got to go two miles down the road and pull yeah. in the field here to where otherwise, you know, somehow you're going to have to be logistically moving this shit. You know, I got to yeah. take it to the field and then get out of it and go back, which can still be done. But yeah, when but you, small little patches, it's not going to be very handy. But out west, really got big fields or whatever. Yeah, you know, that, that would be yeah. know, the tractor's going to be there for a while. Right. So I think once the fully autonomous cars and trucks are on the road and people get comfortable with that i think you could really see this go to yeah. a new level then where you just yeah. tell it to go here and it does it and and that'll be the end of it but you know i'm seeing all kinds of things in these bigger cities and you know we don't see it here because we're such a small farming community but you know new york city these places where they're actually kind of testing this stuff you know yeah. where it's a completely driverless car you know ubers you just ring it up and it's just like a little carriage on wheels yeah. you know pulls up and picks you up so I, I don't know. It's coming. I mean, I, I don't like it any more than you do, but it's it's yeah. coming. Seems to be not that long ago. Somebody said auto steer. Yeah. And we're like, ah, we don't need that. Yeah. And here we are, you know, so it time passes by pretty quick, and I'm sure it won't be that long, and it'll be in the field. And, I mean, look at it now. I mean, you can't find help to do anything. No, that's true. So, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I really like driving my tractor, but I like making money, too, so yeah. I'm going to have to follow the money, and yeah, wherever that may be, you know, I... Yeah, with the shortage of farm labor, this may be the may be the future. It'll for sure, make it easier for the big guys to get bigger. Yeah, I, I think COVID has really put the fast track on some of this stuff now, where you can't find help and people have realized that they can not go to the office like they used to. Yeah, and, it's going to change the the scheme of the workforce. You know, there a lot of jobs are never going back into a building. Right. You're going to do them from home. They've decided that some of this travel right. is unnecessary, that stuff's still getting done regardless. Right. The irony to this is, is we've got, what, hundreds of thousands of vehicles setting that can't go anywhere because of a chip. Maybe not hundreds of thousands, but tens of thousands of vehicles. A lot. They can't move because of a chip. But, yeah, we keep going down the electronics path. Maybe instead of buying this company, they ought to start a yeah. chip manufacturing company. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you think, too, a lot of these, you know, they're talking about all this real estate in cities now that have opened up, you know, mm. warehouses and, and just different stuff because COVID has just completely turned everything on its head. That always brings me back, too, because they're like, what are we going to do with all these buildings? But that comes back to the vertical farming, the indoor farming. You know, if you've yeah. got a great big warehouse that you're not using now, that would be a prime yeah. setup or something like that. So I think we're going to see a dramatic shift. I mean, I really do. Like it or not, it's it's coming. So Yeah, seems to be. Yep. Uh, moving along here. The White House rolls out EV, electric vehicle, sales targets. Ooh. The the long-awaited fuel standard. I mean, have you been waiting that long for fuel standards? I know I haven't been. No, I mean, no, I, I've yeah. been on the edge of my seat, Tony, frankly. I mean, I've just been sitting here. I, 
I just really can't wait to drive 10 miles at three mile, mile an hour and then plug back in. I mean, I, I am excited yeah. for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. But, yep. And in fact, they're going to do a lot of this stuff by executive order. Uh, they announced August 5th. Plans to issue an executive order that seeks to have zero emissions vehicles make up 50% of new vehicle sales by 2030. Here's my thing on that, though. If these government officials want this shit, why don't they lead by example? I agree. I don't see his limo being electric. Nope. Air Force One ain't electric. Air Force One ain't electric. That plane ought to be solar. Yeah, for sure. Just let it charge up. A couple of days. We'll take a 15-foot flight. Set her back down again. Let it charge back up. They never want to lead by example. It's good enough for you and me, but it's not good yep. enough for them. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. I, and it, It's even worse that the car companies go along with this stuff. I mean, this is an executive order. I don't know how that works. But prior to that, they still yeah, go along with this still shit. still go along with it. So the American consumer is not out there beating their drum for no. electronic ve- or electric vehicles. No. You know, but it's like we said earlier on the emissions thing, this, that, and the other. At some point in time, if the engine companies would have just said, hey, we're not doing it. Same way with this deal. The big three, Toyota, whatever, say, hey, that's cool and all, but the technology ain't there. It's not practical. We're not going to do it. Shove it up here, and we're not going to do it. Yeah. They'd probably been better off. Yep. Yeah. So you got a little bit of everybody to blame, and that, which takes you back to another, if you want to call it conspiracy theory. You know what? I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but when you start filtering towards the top, there's not very many people that own a lot of shit in this country. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And... So it's not like you're out there having to convince 500,000 people that, hey, we need to do this. Yeah. It's literally less than 20 yeah. that are pulling the strings yeah, in these companies. As long as they own the companies, they're going to benefit from it. Yeah, we'll go along yeah, with it. Yeah, for sure. You know, and the American consumer is so naive. You know, oh, we're going to do this. It's going to be great for the environment. Well, how are we producing electricity? Yeah. And our power grid won't handle it anyway. Right. You know, let's just say tomorrow we woke up and 50% of the vehicles were EVs. Go plug them in. Yeah, your lights are going to be off in your house. Exactly. You know, it's not going to. It's not going to work. It, it's always funny though when you follow the trail, and I'm not saying this is the case here, but usually you'll take a guy, whether it's a Buffett or a Bezos or a Gates, whoever, p- to pick your poison on that. They'll really push for electric vehicles, saying it's all it's all good and great, but really they own the company that yeah. fucks with the recycled batteries because they know you're yeah. going to have to go through recycled exactly. batteries like exactly. a bastard. The, yeah. the ironic part to the EV thing is. Is golf courses are going back to gas-powered golf courts because they can't get you through a round of golf with yeah. an electric one, and they have to put batteries in them every how often, yeah. which is basically like buying the golf cart again, right. and the gas ones will run forever. Yeah. But let's try that on a large scale and see if we yeah. can do it with big trucks and trailers. That'll, that sounds yeah. like a great idea. Yeah, I'm just dying to have a wreck in an electric vehicle and have battery acid all over me. Yeah. I can't wait for that yeah. day to happen. Or you clamp it down with the jaws of life and zap yourself. That'll be spectacular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, I see uh, the crop insurance rises to the top of the farm bill discussion. That's just what we need. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, it says right here, panelists on a forum called Designing the Ideal Farm Bill. Oh, great. Coming out of government. Yeah, yeah. but we really designed the, yeah. <laughs> the, the ideal farm bill. Yeah. I, yeah. The sad part is, as dumb as the farm bills usually end up being, they could, I'll simplify the farm bill for them. And I'm not saying I'm advocating for this, but I could simplify it for them. How about everybody that's filed a 1040F? over pick your number $20,000 the new farm bill is we're giving you a million dollars cash 
Yep. But we're now doing another farm bill for 25 right. years. Here it is. Go fuck yourself. Here it is. Here's, here's your million dollars. We're not touching this topic. We're not giving you a dime. We're not. We don't have any programs for another 25 years. That saves them what? I don't know. Ten trillion dollars. Right. Over the course of the 25 years. Right. You know. Now, yep. granted. The price of trucks is already high. And oh, yeah. And whatnot. You give them a free yeah. million John, John Deere might got like a bandit Chevy yeah. GM. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, those same six cup people that are in charge of all that stand to win on that right. deal. It's probably a good deal for them. Right. You know. But that's what gets me, you know. Like they was talking about here, Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson, which he was former congressman, I guess. You know. I don't, don't know the guy at all. I'm not from Minnesota. I have He might have been the greatest congressman ever. I have no idea. Don't know which side of the aisle is on. Yeah. I really don't, don't know, don't care. But it said he helped write the past four farm bills, so that tells me right there he ain't real fucking bright yeah. because it's been a train wreck. Uh, if there's one thing Farm Talk has taught me is that farming is so regional, down to not even Illinois versus Iowa versus Indiana, not versus, right. but... You know, it's different. My county, your county, my township, your township, which you know, we're the same, but, you know, two townships over. Things change pretty quickly on the on the needs and the wants and, sure. and what's going on there. So doing these widespread, you know, slap a check mark on it, we got a farm bill for everybody deal. Yeah. It's give and take, and there's usually more take than there is give. And, yeah. and there's a large group of people that are getting shafted. For sure. And, they're pandering to the people they want to pander to and move on, yep. you know. And I never realized till talking to Doug Yeager out in Montana, you know, I assumed federal crop insurance was pretty much mm-hmm. the same and this and that. And boy, was I wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, crop insurance for them is virtually unaffordable. I mean, it's yes. like you basically have to have a complete loss and then yes. you might break even. Yeah. You know, and that, I mean, that's not the case here. And, I, and I'm not bragging or boasting how it is in the Midwest, no. but it's definitely not fair to them. No, I mean, if you you're going to have a, if you're going to have a, government program that's supposed to help then you think it would help evenly exactly that's the way i see it but boy was i wrong i mean that's so it makes me feel even more sorry for them guys you know they're out there right now in the middle of a drought and i mean because you know how it is around here the 2012 drought i mean yeah it sucked we all sat there and watched your crop burn down to literally nothing yeah but at the end of the day it was one of the best financial years we ever had yeah yeah you know so overall you know, and finally to the point, it got laughable. It's like, well, who cares? Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Farmers are a unique beast, though, right? Like 2012, we have crap yields. Everybody's upset. Come out financially pretty well on that because the drought was so widespread. Right. And prices went through the roof. And, you know, so the, the, the insurance is pretty good. 2013, we have a great crop. Prices are shit. Man, we just can't pat ourselves on the back enough yeah. for all this grain we raised. It's like, but we didn't make any money. Ah, that's okay. We had a health yeah, crop. You exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Farmers are unique that way, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. But it, it. you're right. It's very different from in a not very f- big area. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take much you, terrain you in between. You don't have to go very far, you know. No. Especially if you jump a body of water or something like cross a river oh, for sure. or whatnot. You know, it. it's totally different on the other side. And their needs are way different than ours. And it's just. Have you ever noticed looking back, it's almost like you can see why they drew the state boundaries the way they did. Because, like, when you leave Illinois headed for Missouri, it's like it's all the same. You get the Mississippi River, and it's like you're in a whole new world now. Yeah. No <laughs> it's doubt. like somebody got here like, yeah, we don't want that shit across the river. We're stopping here. <laughs> well, I ever told you one of the smartest people in the world at one time lived in Illinois, Tony. Huh. Well, see, what happened is our ancestors were over in Europe, and it was getting out of hand over there, getting super liberal, super dumb. So they got on a boat with no map, no compass, no bullshit, no nothing, and said, it's, it's so bad over here, we're willing to die in the ocean just to get the hell out of here. So, bang, here they come across the United States, settle on the East Coast. 
Everything's going good. Here come those same dipshits from Europe. Somebody gave them a map, told them how they got there. Bang, here they come. So they start moving west. They start moving west, you know, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. Then they get to the Mississippi, and they're like, you want me to cross that on a horse? Heck with that. We're staying right here. There you go. And that was the end of it. And that's why at one time, the smartest people in the world lived in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. There's probably something to that. <laughs> I mean, now, Grant, you know, if you go very far, well, a good ways north, Mississippi's like, you know, your yeah. creek out back here. Yeah. It's not very right. big at the top, but. Right. But yeah. Around here, crossing the Mississippi. It's a big deal. Especially certain years, pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Gosh, you get down around St. Louis, that thing's half half mile wide anyway. Yeah. I mean, if not more. Yeah. For sure. You watch that old stuff where they're trying to build the you know the first steel bridge to cross it or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's an undertaking there. Yes, it is. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, seen here, Virgin Galactic reopens the sale of rocket rides starting at 450000 bucks. You going to get in on some of that maybe? Or you well, gonna... you know, I was going to, but they won't let you drink. And, uh, you know, the hospitality I hear is not that great on there. There's no in-flight meal, no movie. I, I don't know. you got to wear a mask. So right. I'm out on that. Right. I, I don't really have any desire to go to, I mean, what, I mean, do you, are you calling that the edge of space? I mean, because you're technically not in space. What are they calling it? But I don't know. I don't really want to pay $450,000 to have zero gravity for five minutes. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm pretty good right where I'm at. I mean, you get that high, you're not going to see nothing anyway. I mean, no. what? No, it's a, a neat concept, but I, I wonder. I, I'm good. I wonder what their end game is on this space flight shit. You know, because they've all got it now, and I mean, you got what three big companies that are doing it and pushing it. I mean, what what is the end game? I mean, I I don't know. I, well, I think it's the classic deal. It's getting so out of hand here. We got to find someplace new to screw up. So we're going to look for other other planets to go to, to try to mess them up. I guess. I mean, just like a deal. Like this, though, let's, let's just pretend that, okay, this has been out 10 years now and, it, and the cost has started coming down. And if I could do that for $1,000, I wouldn't do I mean, no. I just, I don't see the point in it. No, I'm good. God. Yeah, I, I'm, that doesn't interest me much. I, I guess maybe, maybe I roll a little bit different <laughs> than other people. I don't know. Well, the... The little deal they cart that out on probably has good years on it. Probably blow a tire on the mm-hmm. way out there. You'll be sitting on the runway for two days. Yeah, exactly. God. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know. I guess maybe when you get to that point in life where you've got that much money, you just start trying to think of shit to dream, sell people. Yeah, dream I mean, shit up that you can do with it. Yeah. But I guess I guess I wouldn't be taking other people with me to outer space. Fuck it, I'd go by myself. <laughs> That's yeah. just me. Yeah, notice Noah didn't take a lot of people on the ark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. World food prices fall for the second month, but they're still up 31%. Yeah. Wouldn't know why that's happening. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's because you guys keep destroying your crops. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. True, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as most of you probably know, that follow me on TikTok. I'm banned again. So uh, if you do want to follow me on my backup account, it's uh, destroying corn 2020, and I'm not lying. It really is. That's my backup account. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me from here on out. I probably won't post much on that account. It's just in the event of if and when I get permanently banned, which it's coming. But <laughs> so that's where you can find me in the meantime. Uh, what do we got? Heavy rain in Europe, lower than expected wheat yields in Russia. Gosh. Yeah. Did you see this? The mystery of the missing U.S. workers explained. Did you see that? No, I you didn't. should take a take a look at that. The U.S. economy is in the midst of a historic comeback, 
but it's happening with the lowest rate of labor force participation in more than four decades. Well, you keep paying people to stay home. They're going to keep staying home. This is true. That is true. It leaves economists, policymakers, and investors wondering, where have all the workers gone? But answers start to reveal themselves when you look at the labor force participation rate, a measure of the share of working-aged Americans who are employed or looking for work, which has been struck near its lowest level since the 1970s for almost a year. The working age population defined as those age 15 to 64 declined in 2019 for the first time in decades, then again in 2020. Blame it on the boomers. There's a shocker. Exactly. Another great benefit of the boomers. (laughs) The neediest generation. Yep. So, yeah, basically the baby boomers, when the pandemic hit, they're like, yep, we're out. Yep, we're out. We still want to be in charge. Yep. Well, I'll control everything, but we're going to do it from our house. Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. So, yep, they finally leave us with high inflation, basically. Yeah. <laughs> In a sense. I'm yeah. Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks again. But they're still running the entire government. So. <laughs> Only 25 more years of them being in charge. Yeah, exactly. God damn. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of all of it. I'm sick of the pandemic. I'm sick of the... Baby boomers getting in office and never leaving. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Potash price up more than $100 per ton in two months. Shocker. Yeah. When, yeah don't, know why, don't know why they had to do that, you know, just because corn got high. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, you know. Yeah. And the fact that the potash mine ownership is pretty small. Mm-hmm. The number of available places there. Yep. Let me guess. Labor shortage. You know, conveniently. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they should automate that. They need electric dump trucks. They do, and some robots, and they'd be good to go. Yeah, they should. I was trying to think. I, doesn't a lot of our potash come out of China? Or maybe I, that's some of the others. I don't remember. I know potash used to come out of Florida, to or no? I, man, I better not say. I, I don't know for sure. I was thinking a bunch of it was in Russia, but. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. He was at Ukraine. There was somewhere over there, yeah. Russia, Ukraine, somewhere in that area. Yeah, I, I better that. I better not say on that, but I'm I'm sure on one of our fishing trips in Florida, that was a pot a potash mine. Well, I guess I shouldn't say a mine. It could have been something that was brought in and then a yeah. distribution. You know, it was a big ass facility, I know that. Yeah. Nonetheless. <clears throat> but yep, it never fails. The price of corn or beans creep up and fertilizers right behind it. Yep. It's funny how that works. Yeah, they're never gonna Leave a dollar on the table there. They got it penciled out pretty well. Yep. Now, I am hearing from our local propane suppliers that in the event that it would, we would have to dry this corn crop like yeah. majorly and have a cold snap, he's like, there is going to be zero propane to be had. None. Really? I can believe so, that. I guess, which I didn't realize, uh, right north of here, Tuscola, Illinois, there's a big cavern yeah. full of propane up there that they, that's yeah. where they store it or whatever. and. I, I'm not saying that one, but a lot of the caverns throughout the Midwest, I guess, are empty. I guess the price has been high enough. They're actually exporting it, shocker, yeah. rather than using it at home, you know. Yeah, so, well, hopefully we can sell it to China, yeah. and then they can sell it back to us. Yeah, that, so, I mean, that's, that's how we prefer to do it. Yeah. Did you realize that's how, what's happening with a bunch of our coal right now? Yeah, I knew you said that on one podcast. They, yeah. We yeah. sell it to them, they dump it in the ocean. They dump it in and the ocean, they're saving it for later. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. It's way I, better than us just burning it here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because their factories over there are zero emission factories, Tony. Oh, I'm sure they are. They're, they're clean as a whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. 
This shit is not going to change until we get these people out of office. And I'm not talking Democrat and Republican. I'm talking everybody, everybody. Yeah. on both sides of the aisle. But every time an election cycle comes up, oh, you got to go vote Republican. you got to go vote Democrat. you got to yeah. do this. you got to do that. Yeah. So, Unfortunately, if there is a good candidate, they run them off pretty quick. Yep. Yeah. But we're, we're safe in Illinois. Oh, yeah. Because we got yeah. JB, and we're, oh, for we're sure. in good shape there. Yeah, I will admit, last night at the county fair, the local Democrat tent, yeah. I, I almost done a TikTok on it, but I, I knew it would get clipped immediately. There was zero people, and I mean zero people, <laughs> in the tent. <laughs> no, I can't believe that. I thought they'd have a bunch of free shit. Oh, yeah. I think they'd reel them in. Yeah, you'd think. Of course, they're probably all sitting in their cars wearing their masks. Yeah, that's what I figured, too. That's, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> this thing, it's out of control, and... That it I, is. I don't know how we're going to write the ship. I really don't. It's scary. It'll be a long, sad process, probably. What's your thoughts on the grain markets? Which way are we going to go? Got a big report coming up next week. I don't know. You know, from what little bit I've been out and about, the corn crop in general looks pretty decent. Um, soybeans, eh. Of course, they're so hard to judge. You can't tell them to the combine rules. No, you can't. It's hard to judge them. I and mean, there's a lot of yellow earlier, and there's some holes, and... So I don't know, you know, apparently, you know, you worldwide stocks were down. So I don't know my gut. And this is only me. Don't take this advice to the bank by any means. We've had what? Three friendly reports. Now mm-hmm. we're due to get stuck. And well, the insurance prices. Exa- so that's exactly get, what I was get getting ready to say. We got to beat down for that. Yep. We always, I think it was what one or two times in the last nine years of fall price has actually been higher than the spring yeah. price. And so I think right now I'm setting at around 70 bushel an acre sold, and I want to be 100 bushel an acre sold before this report on corn. And beans, I'm about 32% sold on beans. I want to up that a little bit, too. I'm just scared. And here's the way I see it. I'm going to get heavily sold. If it goes higher, I'll just sell more when it goes higher. I mean, I, I just feel like it's got a lot better chance of going down. And I know the fundamentals say that it probably shouldn't. You know, there's problems in Brazil. We got drought. Here in the yeah. U.S., but I'm just scared that we're due to yeah, get know, screwed I'm not, on. One. I'm not sold up as far as I'd like to be, and I I sold a little too much too early, and yeah. which was still you know still way better than last year. But I mean, but, hell, uh, at 210 bushel corn, which is not unrealistic in our area. No. I mean, it could very easily happen at five dollars and thirty cents. I mean, you're over a thousand dollars an acre gross. I mean, yeah. I'll do that all day long. I mean, yeah, well, it's not going to matter. We'll make a little bit of money this year, and the inputs will be so high for the 22 crop that they'll get it all right back in about two months. Yep. So it's not going to matter. Yep, it never fails. No. So I don't know. That's just my gut, though. I just honestly feel like we're due to get screwed on one of these reports, and this could be the one. I hope not, but, and when you look, throw in the spring or the fall price deal, it never fails. It yeah. always crashes before then. So it does seem to have a way of doing that. So I don't know what the answer is, but I do think it's risky to be. Now I understand if you're in a drought area, whatever that you know. I'm not talking about yeah. you guys, but where you're sitting in a good spot, where you know you've got a pretty good crop, I think that's pretty risky. Not having one bushel priced. I mean, not saying you got to price at all, but man, I think you yeah. need to have something priced. It, yeah, I mean, I, if it dips, I mean, it's not going to go you know three bucks again. I don't right. think, but but still, yeah. 
And he, I mean, you know, it's a lot of time between now and harvest. I mean, it, what it was mid-August last year, early to mid-August when Iowa got leveled. You know, yeah. had a, had a pretty good crop coming on till then, and we could do the same thing here. I mean, I don't yeah, know. It could happen anywhere, but yeah. I just I don't know. From a risk management standpoint, I want to be. I'm not saying heavily sold, but I want to be half sold. Yeah, coming into this report and. And on that Iowa deal, I wonder how much of that storage has gotten rebuilt by now. You know, because they lost, what, was it 60-some percent, I think I heard It was a time. bunch. A bunch of storage in that. And here we are in the middle of a can. Yeah, you can't. can't do anything. I talked to a few people that work at GSI, and, and they were running around the clock, you know, pretty much. Yeah. It sounded like trying to trying to keep up. This is, you know, way back. Right. Trying to catch back up and, and build as much as they could for that. So hopefully those guys got some storage back again. And, right. And I don't know how them areas are, but around here – you know, it's not like them people are a dime a dozen. You don't just have no. five grain bin companies in a 10-mile radius. No, I mean, we don't hear anyway. No, it might be different somewhere else, but it's not like putting up a swimming pool where you and two of your buddies yeah. are going to do it on a weekend, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, that that could... And then if you throw in the fact that them companies can't find help, whatever, I mean, it's just a snowball effect. So, yeah. I don't know, but you know, that's a good question. I haven't heard anybody comment on on what's been replaced or, yeah. or how it's going. Well, I think what the what the plan is is they got these new mobile grain bins. Near as I could tell from what I saw is they're they're buying up all these old gleaners, and they they hold a lot of grain. They don't harvest right. it for shit, but they hold a lot in the hopper. Gotcha. So they're just parking them all up and filling them up. There you go. And when it's time, swing the old auger up. Nice. One after the other, they can dump it wherever they need it. There you go. Off they go Perfect. again. Perfect. Don't have to pull the rotor. Exactly. You know, the guy sat in there in the comfort of his blue glass. Yep. He's good to go. Got that nice auger, you yeah. know, that swings up. Well, that won't hit high. your neighbor that way, Tony. Right. You can flip them all at once, and they won't hit the combine For next sure. to you. Just up, 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 and away, like that, Superman. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yep. I mean, every one of them holds at least 300 bushel, does Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yep. I mean, and they're already galvanized, right. just like a, a Just grain like bin. a grain bin. So we found a use for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, the old gleaner crowd. I can't believe I don't catch more flack from them on TikTok. But <laughs> well, there's only the six of them. I ain't went on a good gleaner rant on TikTok for a while. Which no. I can assure you one thing: I get tagged in anything gleaner on TikTok. <laughs> bro, still that's to this true. day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that saga is just about over. I hate to say it, but I don't believe gleaners are going to be around much longer. <laughs> no, I think you're right there. I think those guys are going to have to be get ideal or switch brands. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, the Massey, it's done, ain't it? No more Massey combines, or am I, I mistaken? I think so. That's, I think that's right. Yep. Yeah, I think they're to the end of the rope. Yep. Which, I mean, that would be a company I wouldn't think would have any labor shortage. You only needed three guys for no more than you build anyway. <laughs> No offense, Massey. Exactly. I'm a little offense, Massey guy. Sorry. We're trying to be nice. Exactly. We're just having a little fun. Don't yeah, get carried don't, away. Yeah, don't get wound up. You got some good product. The Massey product line. I've been on a few things that, that uh, were just fine. Is the Massey tractors, the newer ones, are they more of a challenger? You know, because I don't know what all, who all tied to who. You know, you get some stuff that's the same tractor, just one's red, one's yellow, um, you know. The Massey and the Challenger are essentially the same. They're just painting different colors. Are they? Um, but they're edging all that stuff over to the Fent line. Yeah. Tr- Which, you, know, I, you ran a Challenger so. that you really liked, right? Yes, Back- but it was a Fent. Oh, it was a Fent. Okay. It was a Fent. It was okay. 1042. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that thing was awesome. I've yet to hear a bad thing about a Fent tractor. The, it was... I, 
I really can't say anything bad, but I didn't get to run it a lot. I ran it for, I don't know, half a day sure, or so, maybe a day by the all said and done. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really have anything bad to say about it. Yeah. A lot of neat features about it. And I haven't run, you know, I didn't run the the newest deer in the newest case. Sure. That same time frame. So, you know, maybe my comparison isn't great there, but compared to my somewhat later model experience, it had a lot of stuff that was nice. Right. And I think... And I don't know this for sure, so correct me if I'm wrong, or don't hate me, don't flame me, don't burn me, or whatever. But I think once you get used to the Agco platform, cab-wise, that that cab is identical, whether it's a Rogator, mm-hmm. uh, a Fent Tractor. Which makes sense. Come on, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I think once you can run one, you can pretty much run any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What do you think about the Fent combine with no steering wheel? you think other companies will follow suit on that or not? Well, I don't know. I'm still torqued. They got rid of the foot and inch pedal yeah. on the Case IH combine, so I miss that. The- but I, I would have to run one to know how I like it. I, I think it's cool as far as the visibility, and it's just different, I guess, sitting in there, but I, I don't know how I'd like I'd have to run one just to, to give you an honest I opinion. Mean, I suppose it's like a zero-turn lawnmower. Yeah, right? you'll catch like, on. Once you catch on, yeah. Right. You know, but the thing of it is, like a zero-turn lawnmower, some people are going to catch on. Some people are like, exactly. I can't drive this. Exactly. Physically lack the ability right. to do it. I know? know on Mike Mitchell's YouTube video when he ran one, it sounded like he really liked it in the field. Of course, you know, you got auto steer, but as far as when you're actually driving in the field, he was okay with it. But going down the road, he was like, man, this thing's a little bit a little squirrely. Touchy. Yeah, so, yeah, which I'm that. sure they'll tweak something, you know, or oh, whatever. Yeah. But There'll probably be a road mode that will slow the steering rate down or something. Yeah. yeah. Long term, you know. Which I think the one he ran had tracks on it anyway, and he was always complaining, even on the machines with steering wheels that had tracks you know they ride so rough going down the yeah. road that that didn't help either oh no so but yeah i've always been curious as to what other companies will follow suit and i've never actually been up i don't think and looked at a fence i'm trying to think when them come out in the last farm show i've been to i i don't know that i've ever looked under the side shields of a fence to so be with you. i'm trying to think i was i'm pretty sure i know i was that the last farm machinery show i was at i think they had like the, the whole intersection setting out in the open okay you can walk up and look at it so yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stuff there it ought to do a good job there's a little bit of everything yeah know? it sure looks like it to me i mean i don't know I, you know i realize we want all these features and this that and the other and i hate to keep going back to the axle flow guy axle flow but you know i'm an axle flow guy it's like they took the combine and simplified it as much as they could right least amount of bs as we can get does the job we're good and it's like now we're Swinging the pendulum the other way. How much right. shit can we put on these things? Right. You know, we, we've got a feed accelerator. We've got essentially got a cylinder. We've got rotors. Yep. We've got every threshing system ever invented, all stuffed under the side shield yep. of one combine. You know, it's like, yep. we're really gaining anything from that. I still maintain that the ag manufacturers really shit the bed when they let combines get this big. Yeah, they well, do. Well, think about it. If you're a deer, okay, now you got this X9 combine. And sure, it costs a million dollars or whatever. But it's gargantuan. What are you going to do on the backside? Wouldn't they have been way better off to sell you three nine class six combines yeah. to do the same job? Yeah. Because everybody can handle a class six combine. Yep. Yeah, and they sold three of them. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're buying power for, you know, whatever parts they're buying for it to assemble it. They're, they're larger quantities. They're getting right. them cheaper. It's more efficient. You're right. good to go. Yes, you need more labor to do that. Right. But the other thing is, maybe that keeps... Joe Jack, yeah, big farmer from farming four hundred fifty thousand acres. Yeah, you know, right. And if you keep them to a certain size, I farm a thousand acres. I need one. Yeah. You farm four thousand. You might need three or whatever yeah. that number is. Yeah. But I, 
I am so sick. Like, I can't even keep track of the models of tractors and combines and yes. all this shit anymore. When I was a kid, it was I, I knew all that stuff like the back of my hand could recite it forward and backward. Like, yeah. I, I don't follow IH as much, but they got so many combines and flagships and heritage series yeah. and this. It's like, I don't even know what's what. And they're yeah. like, well, is it a flagship? I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know. It's a 51. You tell me. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You know, they at least got deer. these numbers straightened out, but it is confusing. I've had hour-long conversations with with good bred friends trying to explain to them the lineage and how it goes. You know, because it, it is confusing. Yeah, I I did like the fact that deer always kept it to either three or four yeah. in this area, and it was just you know six sixty, six seventy six. Yeah. You know, it was easy. Where I couldn't keep track of IH at all. I really couldn't. <laughs> good combines. It's not that but, hard, but it, it is confusing if you don't know where you're at in the in the. In the system, and now they're all tractor numbers, which makes it even more confusing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think they'd have been better off if they had capped it. Well, I do too. take for instance, let's say, you know, I'm I'm Jim John Deere salesman, and uh, boy, I really like your podcast and your TikTok stuff. We've got this used forty eight row on the lot, Tony. We're going to give it to you yeah. as a gift for advertising for us. We're going to give you this used forty eight row. All you got to do is rebuild it. It's not, it's not completely junk, but it could use a rebuild. You can't afford to rebuild a 48 no. row planter for the acres you farm, and yep. you can't get it near your fields if you do get it rebuilt. Yeah. So it's essentially useless. Yep. And the, the guys that buy those new, buy them new, they don't want to use one right. rebuilt. You right. Know? Exactly. So it gets tough to, to get rid of some of that and giant stuff in the backside. To me, that was the shocker when getting on TikTok. I mean, you always know that stuff's out there. But, you know, when I was a kid around here, nobody, and I mean nobody, had a 24 row planter. No. Nobody. No. That all come along in what, the last. 12 years, yeah, probably. probably. And now it's like they're a dime a dozen. I mean, everybody, don't matter if you farm 500 or 5,000, you got a 24 yeah. row planter. But you go through TikTok, I mean, there's two guys cruising through the same field, each got a 48 row planter, yeah. and they got a 36 row running across the road. It's like, holy shit. I yeah. mean, it's just mind boggling. Yeah. Like I said, there's no backside for those things. No, there you ain't. Know? I mean, that's why when you go to Sloan's at Assumption, there was literally. 30 24 row planters sitting there yeah. and one 12 row yeah you know and and that's where guys around here they're like well fuck i can buy 24 row cheaper than a 12 and so yeah. they would even though they didn't need even it but didn't need it. i'm not going to do that because the maintenance and the upkeep on it i mean well and you got to be able to get it around right? yeah like we bought a 20 my brother and i bought a 24 row had it for i don't know month or two <laughs> never took it to the field took it out to the farm realized we couldn't get it in any of our field lanes and said you know what Yep. We don't really need this thing that bad and found yep. somebody else that wanted it and, exactly. and uh, moved on. But Most of the guys around here that got them probably don't need them. I mean, several of them yeah. don't, you know, but uh, teach their own. I don't yeah, I, I'm the same way. It ain't nothing to me. I, but like I said, you, the backside of that is the next trickle down when the guys that are iffy on needing them go to trade them. Well, who's going to buy them after that? Yeah. You know? Yep. And now you've got pretty late model stuff. I mean, it's not uncommon now to see. A farm sale of a guy that farms a decent little jag still have a cyclo. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. So that planter made it from, you know, from yeah. thirty years. Yep. Thirty years from now, that wore out twenty four row that's wore out today is going to be in a fence row somewhere. Yeah. Or, you know, melt it down, sell it to China, and they'll sell it back to us. Yep. You know. What? Wonder what the ratio is. So let's just pretend in nineteen eighty four you bought a new John Deere seven thousand planter twelve row, and you farmed with it for twenty years. You was an average farmer farmed with it for twenty years. <clears throat> and it was finally wore out, so he traded off. I wonder how many acres that planter had on it in 20 years versus a 12 or 16 today. You know what I mean? Because 
now you, you do push them harder. You know, it's sort of like a 40-20 with 5,000 hours didn't do near the work as an 82-95 with 5,000 hours. No, but yeah. by the flip side of that is we have left ground to farm every year, right? Right. So that's what I always get a little bit of a, you know, smile out of. Okay, you could, you could leave your planter in your shed. I could leave my planter in my shed. Literally almost everybody we can know could leave their planters in a shed. Go to your local deer case, whatever dealer, hook onto one, a used one, mind you, and plant, and plant the whole crop on planters that might not see the field. How many planters right. do those equipment dealers, not so much now because things are so hard to get, they sold off a bunch right. of that. But in a normal year, I mean, they literally, there are thousands and thousands of planters sitting around that never see dirt for that year. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a whole whole year they miss in there somewhere. I can go to Barker Implement right now, and there's literally 20 planters sitting yeah. there. Exactly. And part of them didn't even see the field this didn't spring. Didn't see the field this spring. Yeah. You know, so we farm less ground every year. Planters are getting bigger. There's more planters out there. How many How many acres can they cover? You know, right. how, how many acres are they going over? They right. can cover a lot, but how many acres are they actually going over? Yep. Like I said. That. I wonder, has that number ever changed? So when we grew up for years and years, the U of I, University of Illinois, always said, I think it was 100 acres per row. So if you farm 1,200 acres, you need a 12 row. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I wonder if that number's changed because, you know, now you get high speed planners or guys are over equipped or, you know, everybody's so wigged out on planner maintenance. And they got two planners now. Yeah. Everybody's got two planners. Right. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. It's probably in the Illinois Agronomy Handbook. I don't have a new copy. Yeah. The last copy I got is like an 05 or an 08. Mine's pretty old. Which is probably all online now. Probably is. But but I think for years that was 100 acres per row. Yeah. So I. That'd be interesting. Yeah. And, you know, they always talk about the, you know, the planning window. Because I wonder what the window they gave you back then. Well. Because now they the always talk about. The window has gotten smaller. Oh, it has for sure. I mean. For sure. Cause, well, has it got smaller if we forced ourselves to do it earlier? You know, when I was a kid, you didn't even think about planting the bulkier crop in April. Like, you might dabble in it. Right. But climate change, Tony. Climate oh, for change. sure. But I know growing up as a kid, now my grandpa, you know, he wasn't no high roller, never I'm not going to say he, he didn't get in a hurry, but I mean, he, he was just what the average farmer did. And I was always out of school for the summer in May. Yeah. For the most part, when they would start farming, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I got to do at least half, if not more of the farming with him because I was out of school. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. And we, now we did most everything the last two and a half weeks of May. Yeah. Maybe yep. a little bit in June. Most old timers will tell you you shouldn't have planted a bean before Memorial Day, which is always what the last Monday in May or something Something like that. Yeah, and now we're planting first of April, (laughs) sixty days sooner. My brother always tells me as soon as we get home from the Louisville Farm Show, we're heading to the field. I'm like, really? Why? He's like, well, can't be any colder and wetter than it is when we've been doing it in April. We might as well get it done. I'm like, you got a point. There's that warm stretch in February sometimes where it's nicer. Yeah. Yeah, it, I'd be curious to know if, if them numbers have changed, you know. And I don't know that I ever heard statistic on a combine, you know, an eight-row head for... So they've got all kinds know. of theories on that. I'll tell you like my one professor told me, Tony. They, they had all these calculations you could do and so on and so forth. And nobody was as small size-wise as, as they really thought you should be, per their calculations. But he's like, you can do it this way, or you can do how most people do it, and that's drive past your neighbor's farm, see what he's got by the size bigger. <laughs> yeah, like, which is that's how much. most people do it. Or you can run these calculations. I think on our farm at the time we needed like one hundred horsepower tractor and two ninety horsepower tractors. I'm like, yeah, 
I wouldn't take those to the, out yeah. the woods to bush hog around the edge of right. it, you know? Right. So Yeah, you got guys bush hogging now with new front wheel assist tractors, you know, 250 horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're stable, Tony, and the air conditioner works. Which, I, I will admit that. We had that 7930 that I used to plant with when we had a 12-row front wheel assist and duels. And I did like that just because you was in a cab, you yeah. had duels, you could go anywhere. Yeah. I, and we luckily we're all in the same agreement on our farm. It's like I'm not going to turn a tractor over and get killed. Yeah, over mowing a few weeds. Exactly. You know, we literally mow our road ditches once a year. That's all we yeah. mow once a year. Yeah. All we're looking for is to keep the sprouts out. We got neighbors that mow them four and five times a year that apparently love to wear out tires and burn diesel fuel and tear <laughs> shit up because I've had several mechanics tell me the best thing that was ever invented was it's a batwing mower because they tear the piss That's out of everything they're hooked to. Yeah, and That's uh, for you sure. know. I mean, what, what's are we going to start planting flowers around the telephone poles? You know, we got guys out weed eating them. You know, we're going to put up stone pillars at the fucking entrances to the field. I mean, what are we doing? You know, I know. I it know. just you know, it's been a few years back now, probably ten years ago or so. We had army worms real bad, if you remember. And the guys that hadn't mowed yet didn't have much trouble because they stayed in the road ditches. Yep. But the guys that had it mowed down like a golf course, yeah. they went straight through that and on into the field. Yep. Remember on your way to Sigel, they were so bad on the road, it was like a slick spot. I mean, yeah. people had to slow down to keep yeah. from having to wreck. I know guys were taking yard rollers out and rolling the road as they were coming across. Yeah. Moving from one field to the next, they were rolling them down. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we just, to us, it's not a, it's not a contest, I guess, to see who has the prettiest <laughs> road ditches. I mean, the... Uh, you know, I mean, think about it. That wastes a lot of time yeah, and a lot of fuel. Lot. It's the most expensive thing you can do on the farm is mow roads. But we do. We've got some neighbors that have mowed four times already. Yeah. Every, and I'm not talking just, you know, the nice little piece along the road everybody sees. I'm talking everything. everything. And they're big farmers. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, they got to keep the hired man busy, I suppose. I guess. And, and it has then, rained some this year, so they do grow faster than normal. But I, I guess nobody's ever called me and said, you know what? Well, of course, I don't mow the roadsides, but this is why. But do you know of anybody who mows the roadsides and somebody called and said, hey, you want to rent my farm? You really keep the roadsides mowed up nice. I, <laughs> I suppose it happens. Probably Generally, the almighty know. dollar takes over, and it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you give me 450 bucks an acre, yeah. I don't give a shit if you mow over or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You, know, you want to take pride and stuff and keep it oh, looking nice, sure. but it's like... It seemed like about every two years, you'll ruin a tire, you'll run oh. over something in a road ditch. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Walk through a car or something. Yeah. yeah. Teach their own. No, I'm not knocking it. You want to mow them every day? By all means, yeah. go for it. It don't matter to me. But, you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, nobody mowed road ditches. No. My, my grandpa, none of them people no. did. They Maybe once every so many years just to knock the saplings down or whatever. Yeah. Of course, back then, you had a lot of fence rows. Exactly. So, you had, you know, way less to mow. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know when that all started, but I don't know. Go go replace a batwing mower now for fifteen grand. And, yeah, you know, usually within a few years they're just demolished. I mean. Yeah, yeah. There's no, really no such thing as a nice used batwing mower exactly. that's been used very much. Exactly. Yeah, not mowing golf courses with them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's one of them other deals, I guess, where times have changed, you know. Cause I mean, it, we didn't have a batwing mower for years. It was a three-point bush hog. Yeah, and how, I mean, how you couldn't mow shit for road ditches with them. Yeah, we mowed trees over with it. You just, any tree you could push over, you set it down on there and yep, jump a just, little bit, chop it off, had a stump jumper on it, you're good to go. You didn't need a chainsaw, you could get with that. Right. You could yeah, push the, it over, you could knock it down. The old three-point bush hog I got is just completely destroyed. I mean, the deck has just beat yeah. all the shit. It was Dad's, and I'm sure he, yeah, I mean, he, I know he bought it used, but yeah. I mean, it's. It's about on its last leg. It's pretty rough shape. Gearboxes and those might be better than we give them credit for being. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. If I got it, Grandpa's, the one he had, it was a, I think it was called a service. 
fact, I know it was. It was yellow. And I don't know where that company ever come from or where they went. Or I don't know. We had, we had this old red one, faded red one that we'd mowed down trees for years. And Dad had bought a nice new woods for some reason. I don't really know why. And uh, we were going to keep the old red one because that's what we mowed trees with, you know. And this old boy was driving through from Arkansas, and he spotted that. And that must have been the Mercedes-Benz Amores in Arkansas. <laughs> he wanted that thing something fierce. And so, no, yeah, we don't really want to sell it, you know, but I guess I'd take, you know, whatever for it. Bang. Load it on a trailer. Haul it out of there. He had to have it. You know, it's like, okay, I guess. And he's just driving through, you know. Yeah. He's going to get something else. He saw that more, and he wanted that thing. Had bang. to have her. And it's like, huh. okay. I mean, it doesn't yep. mow grass that nice. Chops down a nice tree. Right, but, right. I don't even know what all companies are left anymore. We got a John Deere Batwing and, you know, Rhino and I, Bushhog's still in business. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought. So. Yeah, Bushhog makes a nice one. Rhino makes a nice one. I like Rhinos because you can buy them in case I H red. Yeah. Um, Wood still makes one. Schluti is pretty popular. Used with oh, really? State buys all Schluti. Oh, yeah. I guess I, yeah, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. They used to buy all Woods because they were made in Illinois, but I don't know if they are anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, and they're I mean, hell, they're players. even getting bigger now. I've seen Land a lot of twenty footers. Yeah. We got a fifteen footer, but hell, I've seen twenty footers now. And I've always wanted a twenty footer, but everybody tells me I'll hate it. But fifteen, you really can't swing over. You got a tractor with duels. It's like a foot wider, and that's yeah. as far over as you can get. You know, I always hate the ditches we got because you got to get the you got to get in the V of the ditch. You know what I mean to make yeah. it work right. Yeah, and it's like you've always got a little strip along the crop that you yeah. can't quite reach. So you got to go back and remow it to get that Almost strip. Everybody I've ever talked to with a twenty footer hates it though. Is like, that oh, right? Yeah, we got rid of that. Went back to a fifteen. It just, just doesn't fit. Just doesn't fit. And I'm like, well, my fifteen always leaves a strip, or I can't get where I need to get. Huh? If I had my ultimate batwing tractor, would it be one of two tractors, either like a seventy four eighty eight two plus two. So you're not wide, but right. you're still front wheel assist, and you can turn right out of a ditch. Right. They'll, they'll crawl right out of a ditch. You don't have to hump the brake or anything. Yeah. It'll go. Or like a 9380 <laughs> with a 30-foot mounted batwing. That's what I really yeah. want. Then you can put it in the corners. You don't have to, you know, exactly. you can turn tight. Because you can't turn very tight with a batwing, you know. So if you're mm-hmm. mowing any, you got to swing way out. Yeah. Mounted one, you'd be good to go. Well, hopefully, you know, once Biden takes over, we all have to have solar panels on top of our houses. We can do wave telephone poles, and then we ain't got to be mowing around all this well, shit. That's we can true. just go. You know? Well, the power ought to be underground anyway. Well. <laughs> Which, I've always wanted somebody who's in the power industry to, to tell me, because I don't know, I'm, I, it's Greek to me, but if you're in Puerto Rico or somewhere that gets demolished by a fucking hurricane four times a year, yeah. at what point in time is it cheaper to just put the shit underground so we don't get demolished. I mean, what, what's wonder. what's your major mouth? On? <laughs> and what's the first thing you do if you're cleaning up your farmstead or you're building a new one or you're redoing it? Put the power underground from the pole in. Yeah. It seems like you could do that everywhere. Then the poles wouldn't get knocked over. I've always wondered that, especially in hurricane zones, you know, where they always talk about power. And, yeah. And I don't know. But I'm maybe it can't be done. I don't know. I'm not an electrician. I have no yeah, idea. I don't know either. Maybe there's a bigger reason why they can't do it. But that just always looked like the logical way to go to me is put it well, under. Probably gets rid of jobs, Tony. Well, we have that. yeah, could be. I don't know. But several years ago, before I moved, power would go out there fairly regular, and uh, they'd usually pop the breaker on the pole, and they come out and fix that, and this, that, and the other. And they're having a lot of trouble with it. Well, you're. I said, you guys ever going to fix that line underneath the ground? Hmm. I'm like, well, you told me like three years ago that. That was the problem, and you were fixing it temporarily, and you're going to put a new line under. We did? Yeah, you did. Well, hold on a second, guy punches up. 
by gosh, you're right. So they get to dig around, but well, that line is shit. We do need to replace that. I'm like, well, it'd save you from coming out in the middle of the night and snapping this fuse back in. Sometimes it takes, sometimes right. it won't, you know. They put like three of them in. Okay, we got it. Ten minutes later. But invariably, if they had to dig, it was always in the middle of the night. It's like, yeah. you could have fixed this during the day. Right. You know, but... <laughs> They got it. They put a new line under it, and it was fine after that. Never popped a fuse one time. No after kidding. That, but that was like a five-year process to get all that done. I'll be dead. Was that when you lived north of town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell of a yeah. deal. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I. I just can't figure out why they don't do that. But what do I know? Hopefully, somebody will comment and tell us why. But that sure looks like the way to go, in my opinion. Seems like they did it with telephone wires. Yeah. I, does any place in Europe, I mean, Europe have telephone pole? I mean, I've never I been, know. I assume you know, they do. We're fortunate, at least they're on the correct side of the ditch. You yeah. can go to Indiana, they're on the road side of the ditch. Yeah. So you really can't meet two tractors and two field cultivators over there. You're kind of you're kind of up a creek there. Right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Once again, that's one of them state things, I guess, you know, that well, I, I don't know why. Well, and, and things get wider and and more thought out as as you move west and the fact that they got settled later on, right? Yeah. You know, that's why the roads are wider and things are set up a little bit different, square miles, et cetera, you know, because it, it's newer. Yeah, for sure. Yep, the westward expansion. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been something? Oh, my 100, 160 acres, which I'd like they up that to 320 later on, you know, just yeah. stake your claim and away you go. Yeah. But I guess you can see why... Some of them guys went broke, too, even though having the land given to them, the Dust yeah. Bowl and stuff, you yeah, know, no back doubt. pre-crop insurance days, and it hits you for three, four years in a row, yeah. and then the Depression, and it always makes you wonder if that shit hadn't happened, would the West be vastly more populated? Yeah, it's than, very possible, yeah. Because, I mean, man, times were tough. It, that, that's unbelievable to me to look back on some of them pictures, you know, and the damn dirt was looked like snow drips. I mean, it was over yeah. the fences. I mean, that... That's, yeah, I can't fathom that. Crazy. But, yep, the old Great Plains, that's definitely a vast yeah. area for sure. Yeah, not a lot to stop it there. No, there ain't. That's, And I wonder, is it due to rainfall? I mean, around here, you would have trees. I mean, if you have you lived field set idle for three years, you're going to have trees and sprouts oh, in it. Yeah, absolutely. And it always makes me wonder, when they settled Illinois, you know, they're like, oh, is this vast farmland you know with uh what prairie grass you know head high i'm like well how the fuck did that happen because that don't happen nowadays no. it's trees and sprouts in the jungle yeah. maybe maybe the prairie grass had it all snuffed out it I, must have I, I mean yeah and of course a lot of it was swamp land too so maybe it was too wet for the trees it, and the prairie grass it could have been good and i don't know but yeah yeah or but, at least around here it was swamp yeah a lot of it was you know Better not say that too loud. They'll be trying to reclaim it as wetlands. But. Yeah. And actually, it's even worse to the north and the good ground. Yeah. It's like most of the guys stopped right here where we're at. It's like, fuck, you can't do nothing up there. Yeah. It's a swamp. And then they finally, yeah. once mechanized machinery come in, they could actually dig drainage ditches yeah. and drain it. it. They found out it was the, the place to be, I guess. But Yeah, for sure. I don't know. So, Well, we probably ought to cut this one off here, hadn't yeah. we? I don't know how long we went here. I've lost track of time, but... Yeah. I think we've covered enough for one podcast anyway. Sounds like maybe Mrs. Growing Corn is wanting to jump in on one of these again. Yeah. Which we always got to have somebody to heckle and <laughs> and raise hell with. Maybe. <laughs> That's the only reason why we invite yeah. her on is to make fun of her. Yeah, we got to have somebody's got to be a victim. Exactly. You know? 
Yep. We can't bully her on TikTok, but we can bully her on That's here, right, so. exactly. This ain't going to get taken down for harassment <laughs> bullying, guy, by God. <laughs> so, well, anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. We always appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Um, it's very humbling when you go to the county fair and people come up to for you sure. and yeah. tell you that they enjoy it and whatnot. And uh, we really do appreciate everybody that tunes in. So, with that being said, we'll see you guys on the next episode. And we'll go from there. Sounds great. See you guys. See you.